scared there for a minute. Not me. Ah, uh, Leo. Lance is a steady the, hand upon the, the ship. He is. He's the best. He's the hand and he's got his hand on the tiller. Keeping us away from the rocks. Mm. It's Blair and Barker for a Monday on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you subscribe to our podcast, please rate and review. Um, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk all week. Mm. <laughs> you didn't know that. Uh, with the exception of Thursday, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk this week. Uh, Saturday, looking forward to Saturday. The uh, induction ceremonies at the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. Yep. Be fun. Will be fun. We'll be out there. Absolutely. I'm sure there will be ample opportunity to uh, pass time with Pat Henkin and Dwayne Ward and all the inductees. Sure. That was a highlight of the, the, the year I went in for me was my daughter sitting there drinking with Pat Henkin and Dwayne Ward. Oh, that's cool. Huh. Yeah, it was fun. It's a good time. Uh, if you get a chance, get out to St. Mary's on Saturday. Mm. Uh, lots of good people are going to be out there. Uh, in addition, the inductees of Pedro Martinez will be Oof. there. Justin Moore. I mean, there's going to be a, there's going to be a ton of people out there uh, on Saturday. And as I said, it is a good time, and it's a great location, and uh, plenty of opportunity to uh, to see some of these see some of these folks. And I don't. I can't remember. Is it two or three years that because of COVID that they're they're celebrating with this induction. I can't remember off the top of my head. COVID is just kind of, you know, the last two years have basically been, the last two and a half years have been useless. one year. They've been useless. They, you can say it. No, they've, they've basically been one, one year. A blur. A blur, exactly. I have a pair of tickets to give away to see the Yankees yes. and the Orioles on June 18th. Now, you know you Wait, want these the tickets. Wait, not the Orioles. Or the Yankees and the, uh, what did I say, the Yankees and the Jays? Yeah. No, you said Orioles. Orioles, okay. I'll let it be. The Jays and Read the Yankees. You, that's on the piece of paper. The Jays and the Yankees. There it is. On June 18th. I've got a pair of tickets to give away Don't read that. half, look away. But we're going to make you work. We're going to make you work. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> Well, it is a tough Do one. Do you really want to read this out loud? It, 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 it might require math. Um, we're giving you a chance all season long to win Blue Jays tickets here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to 590-590. And uh, you can also send us texts for Barker's back leg bits as well. Please include your name and location. Last show we asked you who was the Yankees' all-time career leader in hits, and it was Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. And I thought that uh, that that could be one of those tricky questions because of the Yankees' history, right? You know, the Yankees' think long, think wrong thing. Exactly, that's what that would have been. Uh, Derek Jeter would have got. I would. I admit, I, no, I would. It would have taken me about fifteen. I would have done the Rolodex of Ruth. No, DiMaggio. No, who else could it be? Mandel. No, it's got to be Jeter. I would have mm. done the Rolodex thing. Today's question is to win tickets, as I said, to see the game on Saturday, June 18th. Don't ask us. How many World Series titles do the Yankees have? You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Again, the question, how many World Series titles do the Yankees have? If you submit the correct answer, you could win tickets to Saturday's Jays and Yankees game at the Rogers Center. That was pretty easy. Oh, didn't have to finish the. the no, nah, and I got the I got the number right away. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind you of better. kind of burned in the back of your head if you've 
covered the Yankees in the postseason, as I was lucky to do, you get used to numbers. <laughs> One thing about the Yankees, when you talk about the Yankees and you cover the Yankees, uh, you need to uh, you need to bone up in your numbers. Oh my God, I'm just looking at uh, our Twitter. Our Twitter is just ex- or sorry, Twitter. The text line has just exploded. And a, a, I mean, this is what? How many minutes since I asked the question? Seconds. Everybody's got it right so far for yeah. the most part. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a screen full. There's a couple of folks that are, are out by a bit. But uh, nobody's, out, I mean, nobody's, out by, nobody's out by a tre- tremendous amount. So there you go. Well done. Well done. We'll have to raise our game with the next the next trivia question. Mm. That was that's about as soft toss as you can get. It is. But you don't uh, want to make it too hard. You want it is pretty soft. Uh, Barker's uh, reminded the Barker's back leg bits will be on at the end of the show. DMs are open. We've got we've got a ton of of uh, questions for Mister Barker, but you still have time to send in. What is that? You and your bat. You're always holding a bat. You're wearing your Virginia Tech shirt today. Oh, don't say it. It was over in the first inning. Sooners, the Sooners showed up. I give it to them. Like it's, uh, I, I think going into that, even in Blacksburg, the Sooners were expected to win that. And you know, expectations when you're supposed to do something normally doesn't happen. Yeah. And they came out punching ask, first. Ask, it was two Tennessee. No, two nothing. Uh, it was two <laughs> nothing in the first inning, and then, like I started peeking at it, I didn't even want to watch it anymore because you know. I've been in enough games to know that normally when you're sort of the underdog, even though you're at home, you're, yeah. you, you scoring first is a huge deal, an elimination game. And good for the Hokies. They at least got this far. And hopefully this gets them better players down the road. This is what this is about. Now now the now the, that program's a lot better and good players that want to come there and play. Let's bring in Ben Wagner. He is the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. He will have the call today, the first of four against the Baltimore Orioles. Mr. Wagner, after the Orioles are dispensed with, the Yankees come into town. The Yankees have got Tampa for three games before they come in against the Jays. How how telling do you think this week could be in the American League East? Well, I think it could be a lot of fun. There's no doubt about that. I want to see the Toronto Blue Jays continue to play good baseball, swing the bats, and get consistent pitching against the Baltimore Orioles over those next four games because they were able to do it and, and I think alleviate a lot of pressure in a number of different ways through the, the 12 games against the American League Central Division, which everybody kind of circled after this early pocket of really stiff competition. Teams that were supposed to be good on paper, you knew the pitching staffs were going to be really good from a starting capacity and also some big arms in the bullpen. And I, You know what? I look back at those games with a couple of hiccups in there. That game against the Twins, you really would have liked to see all three, but mm-hmm. uh, you know that didn't work. This is going to be a big week for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, there's no doubt about it because you definitely can feel the the page turn. You know, once you get back into your own division, knowing what's looming after these four games, and getting right back into the face of the New York Yankees, and and the New York Yankees are rolling. <laughs> they're they're healthy. They are rolling, and uh, they're they're clearly swinging the bats. I mean, that's not the surprise, right? But the way that they're pitching, it's just been incredible. First impressions of Moreno would be what for you? 
That's the athleticism that people mm-hmm. had talked about. I did not actually put my eyes on him a lot in spring training because, remember, he was delayed because of the visa issues mm-hmm. and big league ball games were already started. So watching Gabby behind the plate, I was really impressed with how athletic he looked, how calm he looked behind the plate without a lot of movement. I mean, he was almost unnoticeable back there. And that was really impressive. It, the sequencing looked like he was on the same page. I know with Ross Stripling using the Pitchcom device, that looked really smooth yesterday. And you could see Strip even when he was walking around the mound. He would shake, you know, or nod, and then just climb the hill, get ready to pitch it. And the, re- the receiving was really good. I had a couple of conversations with people in the organization ahead of the debut about the receiving. And that's something, especially on the glove side, that they've really worked with Gabby. And, I mean, the early returns with him behind the plate, I think the Blue Jays need to be very, very happy. Uh, it looked like it from my vantage point as well that everybody was happy and smooth. A couple of things that I was not ready for, uh, that arm and that pop time is, is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, really good. Then that factors into the athleticism, right? We know that he's a former shortstop. He explodes out of the crouch. The footwork was really good. Uh, the strong arm, I know where that ranked in, um, you know, I think it was 81.3 miles per hour on the throw mm-hmm. down to second. That's a pretty, I mean, that's a really strong arm. And the speed, I was not prepared for the speed. Uh, up the first baseline, it is Major League debut sniffing out that infield single, that was pretty impressive for somebody that I hadn't put my eyes on and and watching that track and seeing those metrics. Yeah, I've got to say that after watching him for a couple of days, I I can see why the Jays had him playing third base a little bit last year. Obviously, he's your catcher, but what I'm saying is you... You can see the athleticism, like the, the j- just by looking at him. He's, um, you can just, you can see why, you can see why the organization would be would be thrilled with this guy because he just. I hate to say this, this is so non-analytical, but you know what? He looks the part, man. He he looks yeah, he the does. part of a big league catcher. I, you know, wear number fifty-five, Russ Martin's old number. He just looks the part to me. Yeah, uh, everything everything about. The last couple of days tells you this can play. This this is going to work. Um, I, you know, I I'd like to see more at bats and, mm-hmm. and see how that will translate. Um, you know, it's a little unorthodox with him at the plate right now, but you get him around a couple of guys and see if that see if that changes a couple of things. Um, we definitely want to see more balls in play, right? Just to get sure. a better read of how he is offensively. But listen, the the pedigree with this tells you that it can hit because he's hit at every level and done it exceedingly well. So uh, you hope that the next step establishing himself as a major league catcher one with that pressure taken off which is another really important part too let's remember about the fluidity of the games and yes he was paired with kevin gosman fastball splitter you, you know that's a, that's an easy combination worked really well with alejandro kirk catching robbie ray last year and his mm-hmm. first real big sample size strip is a little bit different of a beast and i talked with two major league pitchers i, I mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday People don't credit the pitchers enough of how much pressure they put on themselves to make this relationship, especially in a debut, work as smoothly as possible. And the one guy that I talked with said, you need as a pitcher to invite the catcher to sit with you and go over video. It goes beyond scouting reports and this is what I like to do. Look at the video together. Tell them why you do this, why you would set up a guy this way, the history with the person, and also alleviate any panic. Try not to allow the guy behind the plate 
whether you're working with them first time or it's his first go around in the big leagues, you want to alleviate the panic. So if you have to shake twice, tell that guy going into the start, say, hey, don't panic if I have to shake off. Just because we're not on the same page doesn't mean that I lose my confidence in you. So there was a lot going on, and Ross kind of alluded to that to Arash Madani yesterday, too. So that was really encouraging to see. And obviously, everybody knows the importance of Gabby and it being in the big leagues. So yeah. all that all that stuff came to fruition, and I really look forward to watching him catch this this whole homestand. It was interesting. We had A.J. Hinch on, on Friday, and he was talking about, of course, he's a former uh, catcher and, and, a, and a high draft pick, not, not quite the prospect Moreno was, but he talked about how it was kind of funny the way he put it. He said... As a manager, when he sees a young catcher, whether it's for his team or, or, or the other team, his natural instinct is to look at how the catcher develops his relationship with his pitchers. And he had a funny line about, I'm not certain that what Charlie needs to see from Moreno is what the fans want to see from Moreno. In other words, worry about your catching first worry about the pitchers first, do what you can do out of the eighth spot or whatever. But I, this is the the one thing I worry about anytime you bring any prospect up, Ben, is this is all fine and well, but you know as well as I do that, well, Adley Rushman's coming in and hitting 173. He's in a team that isn't expected to do anything this year. But I've got to think there will be some sort of pressure on Gabby Moreno to to put some sort of offensive numbers up there. You would think that. And, you know, I look back at Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen worked himself up through the minor leagues with his bat, first and foremost. He gets to the major leagues, that tails off. And it's taken a while for Danny Jansen to feel confident and understand who he is and where we would like to go at the major league level. You know, Gabby Moreno is is going to have a significant learning curve very quick. I know he turned around triple digits for his first major league hit, and he sizzled that ball up the middle. But that was his first real big arm test in the major leagues when he had to face Gregory Soto late in that ball game on Saturday. So... <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna see a lot. I think we're gonna have to go through a lot of up and downs. But I'm with you too. And and AJ, in my opinion, is right. The fans want to see this prospect of 22 years of age jump onto the scene, hit 330, knock a couple of balls out of the ballpark. But if he can't manage the the, the pitching staff, the Blue Jays are in a world of hurt. Put put, put uh, a num- re- regardless of the numbers. Put a, put a number on it. When it, you know he's not a home run guy. Danny Jansen's a home run guy. He he he's okay for him to hit 215. Can Gabby hit 215 and stay in the big leagues when Danny Jansen gets back? I would say no to that. Like, that would give them an no. excuse to say the the offense is not here yet. We can send him down. Put a number on it. Does he have to hit 250, 260, 270? Because he's not a home run guy. He, he, he can't change the game a lot with three-run homers. So put a number offensively on it when it comes to average-wise. Well, I think he's got to. I mean, he's got to have really good at bats too. And the, I don't think the Blue Jays are going to look necessarily at all the numbers either. Whether it's a statistic, it's a, a pure batting average. If he comes out of the gate and hits 260, I mean, that's that's sure. house money. That, yeah. That's house money right mm-hmm. there. If he's hitting 205, that's a whole different story. Um, but you got to calculate it too with the quality of at bats too. And I, and I wonder the the conversation around carrying three catchers. That's not a deterrent for the Blue Jays. Um, and even though Charlie is comfortable right now having two catchers and both of them in the lineup, and 
If you lose a catcher late in a ball game, you're like, I'll oh, treat it like a, a National League game. You lose the DH. For me, keeping Alejandro Kirk's body fresh and his bat-to-ball skills as crisp as humanly possible is more important. And Lynn, letting Danny Jansen and Gabriel Moreno manage the catching staff, pitching staff uh, and do the majority of the catching, that to me could pan out. And do you sacrifice somebody off the roster because you're not getting much from Bradley Zimmer and Rymel Tapia? Let's be honest. And are you going to be able to get more out of having the three catchers and knowing that you can have Alejandro Kirk sprinkled in very infrequently, but keep his bat in the lineup more frequently. That, I think, is the bigger play for the Toronto Blue Jays moving forward. How much confidence do you have after Gosman and Barrios start against bad teams, the success they had, the changes they made, you know, the two seamers trying to move the fastball around a little bit more, or do you need to see them do it against good teams? I want to see them do it against good teams. Yeah. I want to see them. I like where they're headed. I like the life, but, I mean, that the lineup in Detroit is the well, worst-hitting lineup in Major League Baseball right no now. Um, yeah, it's not I mean, good. yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, the, the results for Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios against bad teams are what they should be, right? I want to see Jose keep the ball down, keep the life on the fastball again, continue to rip that slider. I want to see it against a much more disciplined lineup. So it's trending in the right way, absolutely. Kevin Gosman looked a little bit better, you know, this past time out as well. But... Again, you want to see it against a little bit more of a refined lineup. And guess what? They're going to get them later on in this week. How concerned would you be about these four games against the Orioles, knowing that you've got the Yankees on the horizon? And I know guys live in the here and now, but I'm also sure these guys, look, this Ross Stripling thinks this team can win 100 games. You know, everybody's talking about going to the World Series, and, and, and rightfully so. So I've got to think these guys are paying at least a little bit of attention to what the Yankees are doing. And, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they, they could have this thing wrapped up by the end of this month if somebody doesn't, doesn't pull them back to them. Well, I think that's the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're no. certainly aware. Yeah, they're, they're certainly aware of who's rolling into town. Uh, they also are very much aware of how tough the Orioles have been on them, by Especially the way. Especially their bullpen, uh, by the way. The Orioles' bullpen yeah. is no easy pickings. Yeah, yeah. So are you concerned about the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, because you look at the body of work, like you you really weren't concerned about the Minnesota Twins, and all of a sudden, uh, that kind of stubbed the toe mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a really good ride wave here. Uh, it's, a, it's a day at a time. It's a lot of belief in that clubhouse. And I think the bigger belief from the clubhouse about this Orioles series is if you're going to win 100 games – these are the teams that you have to rough up and win three out of four, or you have to sweep, and then you get ready for a for a knockdown drag out with New York coming to town. So I think this week, this homestand is going to have a ton of energy in it. I think the guys are going to roll off the road with a little bit of moxie, knowing that they're back home and settling in for a little bit of time, and they love playing in the division, and they know that they have to clear house against the teams in the division right now and take advantage of opportunities. Anything you've seen from Vladdy that gives you hope he's turned the corner? One, that he's so darn good, and <laughs> and he can get little flashes here or there. The, the, I was more concerned Saturday because we have seen moments of frustration with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We've seen him snap a bat. We've seen him chuck a helmet here or there. I don't remember, a, and I've seen all of his games, I don't remember a moment where you heard Vladimir Guerrero Jr. react audibly the way that he did 
on Saturday in Detroit. But then to flip the script, you know, he comes out and he does show a little bit of power, a little bit better of a swing. Uh, it's there. It's the timing. It seems like it's been off way more than it's been on this season. And he's still able to produce and still a threat in the order. And uh, that, again, is just some encouragement that it's, a na- it's not an absolute tailspin for Vladdy because he still has those flashes. Very quietly, Kevin Biggio has made himself useful. <laughs> and he may be more useful if, uh, if Matt Chapman's sore wrist turns out to be anything more than simply, uh, you know, a, a one or, or two-day thing. Um, Santiago Espinal would be at third base. Uh, he, he would be at second. What have you seen from Kevin? Because the, the, the offensive numbers, look, Kevin and I have said this. He's not going to hurt you. Kevin Biggio is not going to cost you a game. But he does have to be able, as a left-handed bat, he, he does have to be able to contribute in some capacity offensively. And I just like the looks of his at-bats a little more now, Ben. I, I get the sense that something might happen. And there were times where with Kevin, I just I, I didn't think there was a chance of anything positive happening at the plate. Uh, he's healthier. The, the back feels better with Kevin. That's, that's, I think, a major reason why he's been able to have better at-bats and look more comfortable in the batter's box. He's still having trouble with the velocity. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is giving a better at-bat each and every time. And I think that is a product of health. Uh, he's, been, you know, he's been marred by this, this back injury now almost a year and a half. Um, and if you, it's like me or you guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, when you roll out of bed in the morning and everything creaks and hurts, you mm-hmm. know, it's hard to get started. Um, and and you, you, you combat that and try to go through and have some success and it spirals out of control. They got him off his feet, obviously on the COVID restricted list. That was another little hiccup in here, but he went down and he got a ton of time, got healthy in Buffalo, didn't have to worry about, you know, playing every day. They they monitored his playing time and then got the rhythm back and everything. Everything looks better with Kevin, right? Everything looks yes. better with Kevin. And you're right. This Matt Chapman thing, and I'm going to find out about it today when I get to the ballpark, how long is this going to linger? Because this opens up a little bit deeper of a problem. If SB has to go to play third, Kevin now becomes your everyday second baseman. But there is a lot of a lot of onus put on having Kevin play first base frequently to get Vladdy off of his feet. So now then, how do you cycle somebody in to get Vlad off his feet at first base? So it's it's a little bit deeper of an issue here. Um, and but but the good news is if you've got a healthy Kevin Biggio, you've already plugged one hole instead of two. It's you know, I was honest to God, I was going to ask you this question. This led me to it. Dan Schulman mentioned it in the telecast yesterday. I checked it out. Jordan Groshans played first base at Buffalo yesterday. Yeah. I wonder if yeah, there's, there's any. Uh, I, I kicked some tires on this. Yes. Um, and, you know, look at, look at where we are in the calendar, right? <clears throat> it's, it's obviously a day-to-day thing right now from what we're led to believe with Matt Chapman in the third base position and, and his wrist. Right. He, he was taking ground balls yesterday and didn't make any throws. So mm-hmm. that doesn't really lead you to believe that it's you know going to be healed overnight. But we know last year the Blue Jays were also pretty aggressive in trying to address some needs when they got into the month of June. Yep. And the trade deadline, yes, is a couple of months away or a month and a half away. 
but here we are. You know, if the Blue Jays have some needs. Yep. Blue Jays have some needs, so you can look at it as a showcase with a very athletic player. But what is the need immediately for the major league team mm-hmm. that could also serve as a showcase? That's Jordan Groshans playing first base. And uh, I talked about it a little bit on the broadcast, too. And it hasn't happened a lot in Groshans' career. It's happened other, well, only one other time. So this is something to certainly keep your eye on uh, with what's going on in the minor leagues, especially with some of the upper-level prospects. Because when the phone rings, other organizations are asking about Jordan Groshans as part of packages. Right. We know that. It's yes. been that way for a while. So... So, again, there's a couple of different layers with people that I talk with in the organization of why that that honestly is being done. And, and in the minor leagues, you can do that, and you can showcase people in certain situations that you may not ask them to do in the major leagues. But right now, in the major leagues, you're trying to win games. Yeah, And really good insight as always, my friend. Thanks Great so stuff. much. See you down at the yard. Thanks, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays. Makes sense. Well, the, Ben is right. If you know, if Cavan needs to play every day at second base, they do need somebody. You you know that they want to take Vladdy to get off his feet. Lourdes would be playing. Lourdes first, was Lourdes the guy Lourdes. I was going to say. Lourdes may be the guy, and then you put Tapia in 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 left field. Um, trying to think of anybody else as could could conceivably play first base i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't think so i don't think you'd want to get too cute but that that is you know that'll be something to monitor today when we get out to the ballpark because uh, matt chapman as we've said is a hugely hugely important part of this team he's, he makes he's, the pitching he's, he's staff a, better he's a defensive game changer he and, does and if it's his right wrist I, I, yeah I, I, you'd have to ask him about offensively how much that would hurt him it's, it is his top hand Again, he he's very handsy because he doesn't have a trigger. But you can't we, just kick. If he can't play that. in the field for you, throwing the the weird yeah. angles that he throws from puts a lot of pressure on your wrist and your just your entire arm. Yeah, you would think that would be the bigger issue is throwing and how hard he throws the ball across the diamond too is a big deal. Hopefully, he is not out long. And you know, it's more about it disrupts Espinal the way he is offensively. Now you're asking him different angles. Puts more pressure on pitchers. Now, Santi's a very good defender. But for me, he's a better defender at second base than he is third base. And, and it just puts Bo's, a lot of pressure you're on You're taking Bo's comfort oh, blanket away a little bit. I mean, I don't mean that to disrespect Bo, but it's taken a little bit of that away. He's used to seeing Matt Chapman over there instead of Santiago Espinal. Yeah. At least this year, it's just the angles. You got this. I'll take that. There's something to that. And hopefully that makes... You know, it a little bit easier. The first base, eh, that's not a big deal for me. They, they'll put over there who they want to put over there. You just got to be careful about when you call up prospects, having them just sort of overwhelm your team all at the same time. Yeah. And now you're expecting your manager to get not only win, but get those couple of younger guys off to good starts. It's a lot to well, ask, let's so face you got to be careful with that. But let's face it, too. If if you We know that Ross, Ross Atkins last year moved to address the bullpen issues in June. Like we're getting to that point where I would not at all be surprised to see, see the and, Jays go out and make that move. And that may be what the Groshans thing is. Somebody calls him up and says, hey, can this kid play first base? What if the White Sox want to take a step back and want to start trading some people and get rid of Tony DeRusa? And then I, I know they're only they're, the division they play in, they're only three games back, uh, three and a half games back of the last wild card. And they play in an awful division. So you wouldn't think that. But again, this gets back to the competition these GMs are going to go through. 
have to compete against other teams. The Red Sox making this move. The Red Sox are in now. Yep. They're going to try and win this thing. What do you do? You want to go out and get the same pitching yep. that the that the Blue Jays are trying to you, get. You, so you've you got to move early. If oh, you're the absolutely. Jays. You so, absolutely so I would think early. the Wagner comments there makes a lot of sense. Uh, a reminder that uh, Kevin Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk immediately following tonight's game, the first of four against the Baltimore Orioles at the Rogers Center. We will step away, and when we come back, it'll be time for Barker's back leg bits. DMs are open. Your chance to pick the brain of Kevin Barker, an opportunity that does not always come to one in one's lifetime, so take advantage of it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. God, it's only Monday. You're whining. Oh, I'm not whining. You are no, whining. No, no, no. I wasn't whining. I was just having 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 too much fun for Monday. Oh, you're having fun? Yeah, too much fun for God, Monday. Who are you? <laughs> whatever kidnapped would whoever kidnapped Jeff Blair, please return him. Um I like to think that I bring out the best in you. I know you like to think that. Doesn't mean it's the case, but I know you like to uh take credit like for it. That. Yeah, you can take credit for it. You ah. can take credit for it. Let me just go. But no, on. it's not true. We got a lot of stuff here. We got a lot of stuff. You know what time it is? It's time What's for that? Barker's back leg bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead one. Well, I saw you in 2005 hit homers off scoreboards in the International League. Uh-huh. So I, I know how you roll. Was that a your laugh, or would somebody, was somebody let a laugh. duck in the room? was my laugh. Man, if I could take those stats and throw them in the big leagues. Whew. How would you have reacted if I was your hitting coach and I walked up to you in the middle of an 0 for 9 and I said, hey, Kevo, good news, though. Your hard contact rate has gone up. How would you have reacted? It would have been challenging reacted. for you to sell that to me. Yeah. I imagine it would be. Uh, it is Barker's back leg bits. Your opportunity to ask questions of Kevin Barker. You can do it via DM. My uh, DMs are open. What's that? Piece of paper. Piece of paper. Or uh, via text. And the text line is five ninety five ninety. Mike B wants to riff off the Matt Chapman question. I, I was waiting for somebody to say this because we've talked about what a great athlete Moreno was. Uh, or is, you know where it's going. We talked about how the Jays played him at third base in the minors, and I think he played third base in the Arizona Fall League a bit. I could be wrong. Mike B. wants to know, with Chapman nursing a wrist, could we see Moreno play oh, a game not. at third base or second base in the near future, especially against a left-handed hitter? Why? I had thought about that, or a left-handed starter. You want to keep his bat in the lineup, D.H.? I, no, I will say this. Could you see it happen with a healthy Danny Jansen here? Because I, I think Ben's right. I think the – He better be hitting a lot. I think I think when Jansen gets back, 
I think you're going to have those three guys in the team, and I think Alejandro Kirk's uh, going to catch as once. As much as they Alejandro shift. Kirk's going to catch once every 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 oh, ro- turn in the rotation. Okay, well, that's going to be have, uh, Manoa. Okay, well, so, uh, as much as they play. shift in the American League, as much as the Blue Jays shift, him moving around in the shift, you're okay with that? That is uh, seriously like they are contending, trying to win a World Series. Again, this this gets back to that thing when you call these guys up. I just I that that for me is not even a thought. But again, <laughs> again, Santiago Espinal hit cleanup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I that that's for me. It's not a thought. But they think differently now in 2022. And to ask a just because he's an athlete, go play on the left side of the infield with a lefty up. You take the entire the entire side of this infield and throw a strike to first base. Go mm. get him. It's a lot. Yeah. No, it's a lot to put in the kid's plate. It, it absolutely is. If he's breaking, what have, they did? what have they done with Kirk? They DH him. Yeah. That, that's what you do. You, you, don't, you don't hurt a team. Now, again, if this, this happens and Santiago Espinal gets hurt, now what? Yeah, well, I mean, we can't. So we're not going to think about that going that much forward. You do the things you'd have to do, but right now. As a player, this is from Matt. As a player, did you ever find yourself looking ahead towards a bigger series like we have coming up against the Yankees to the point where you would overlook a lesser opponent? Not series, not not opponent, player or pitcher. Pitcher, I definitely would. Pitcher knowing that uh, today I'm facing uh, the number five starter and tomorrow I'm getting their ace. And there's a handful of aces. Like, you know that going forward that today I better get three hits. More than tomorrow, an opponent. More tomorrow, than an opponent. Oh, no, players don't think that way. Players are not going to go, oh, it's Baltimore. No, no, no. They're going to go, who's pitching? If you're an everyday player, you're going, who's pitching? Is it Garrett Cole if you're facing the Yankees? Nah. You know, the right hunter throws a bazillion with mm-hmm. a slider moving down and away to you and you're a right-handed hitter. I don't like you. I don't like you that. But that guy that's for the Orioles that I'm facing who gives it up. Yeah. I'd rather gets, you know, frisky with that guy, knowing that tomorrow I'm really going to have to have my two-strike approach oh oh, and drive a ball to right center when that's not my game. Yeah, it's more of who's who you're facing than it is the opponent, the, the, the organization or the team you're facing. So, so let me ask you this. If you're facing, say, the first game of a four-game series and you've got just a guy, and in the second game of the series, and you know you're playing every day. So the first game of the series, you've got a guy. Second game of the series, you've got the guy. Uh-huh. As you said, let's say the fifth starter, the first starter. Um, Tarek Skubal is the is – the, to your point, you're, okay. I, you're trying to ask the same thing. Yes. Tarek Skubal is the lefty, the best pitcher that, that the Tigers have. Right. That uh, Bo Brisky, the guy before that, is just a guy. Yeah. So you want to get frisky on just the frisky guy. Frisky on Brisky. A- absolutely. So when you face their best, because the, he's their best for a reason. Yeah. Like he's probably got something. Fastball in, a really good slider, which you didn't have a slider yesterday, but they didn't know that. So you really got to think about what you're going to do against that left. Do guys start thinking about oh, the sure next do. – do they start thinking about the next day's starting pitcher if they're scuffling in their first two at-bats or oh, something like a, that? That's an easy answer. Absolutely they do. Like, so like you're, you're, you're over that. two in your first two yeah, at-bats. Yeah. You're going, oh, I got nothing going on against this guy today. You do. Okay. Yeah, you sure do. So it's it's more of a who you're facing than it is the organization you're facing. No, it's it's a, it's a great it's it's a great question because I think people, I, I 
I just think baseball is so different than other sports because you do you do play teams in a series, and the series is you know you you play the same team three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of with you. I think players and pitchers focus on what is in front of them on that day first. And like a pitcher, you know, pitcher will look at the, the lineup he's coming up against. Who, who do I not let beat me? Right. And I, but I think the difference is, of course, because hitters play every day, you know, the hitters do look at that day's pitcher. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, you know, like I always, in the newspaper business, we'd always do these, these matchups, right, before a playoff series. Who has the edge at first base? Who has the edge at second base? It doesn't matter because it's not like it. It, it the only matchup that matters is hitter versus pitcher. Hey, Oscar pitcher Hernandez versus doesn't care about the Orioles lineup. He cares about Kyle Bradish. Yeah. Throws a fastball slider. He's been getting hammered by righties. Righties are hitting 358 with nine big ones. That's all Teoscar Hernandez cares about. He don't care about the Orioles lineup. Mm-hmm. That's just the way they think. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's why you. That's the way you get through marathons. Grant asked the question, as poorly as Vlad is hitting, why not move him to fifth against the Orioles and take all the pressure off him to produce? He can focus on contact, and somebody with power could hit in the third spot. Who, who, it is time for Guerrero, like everyone else, to pull his weight on a contending team. Take the kid's gloves off. Take the kid gloves off. Uh, that's, that's, a, from, that's a bit, that's that's a bit strong. Like, what, who's, who is that? Grant. Grant, that's a bit strong. Let me look up Vladdy's numbers. Just because I don't every single day look up what Vladdy's hitting. Uh, he is hitting. He said he's got he's hitting two fifty with fourteen and thirty four with an OPS eight thirteen. Yeah, it's not like okay, he's... you'd have to ask you'd have to ask yourself: Is there somebody else that would hit third for the Toronto Blue Jays other than Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? That's the first thing you got to ask yourself. Two fifty with fourteen and 30, 34 RBIs is not an awful year. He just set the bar so high after last year that when he does have some non-competitive bats, you scratch your head on why that is and why he's consistently having them. Got to remember he's a kid. Got to remember the expectations for this season is not make the playoffs, win the World Series, a big deal. Got to remember they got off to a really slow start. A lot was put on his shoulders. I know these are not excuses, and everybody that's ever listened to me knows that I would never make excuses. But moving a dude around in the order and and Grant, Grant asking – Time to pull his weight, like, like with all due respect. That's a, that's harsh. Like he's got fourteen and thirty four. He's hitting two fifty. That's a decent year. It's not a you know. Again, it gets back to that bar set so high. What's the expectations for Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Is it three fifty with fifty and hundred and fifty every single year? If it if that's it, then put him in the eight hole. Because those are not realistic numbers. If it's, you know, sometimes he's going to have a couple of bad months where he's just not getting a ton of hits, but he's still, when he does get one, he'll go, he'll hit a homer. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. got, he's got 14 big ones. Like he's still on pace for 35, 40 homers. That's a lot. He may not hit 300. He might hit 280 with 35 and drive in 98. Is that a good year? Is that a bad year? We got to be careful about moving guys around and taking pressure off. Vladdy could hit seventh and still have the pressure that he's going to have hitting third because it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he knows it. Where he's hitting in the order has nothing to do with the pressure that it would take off of him because he knows right now what his kryptonite is. 
If I know it, he knows it. And everybody's telling him what it is. Because that's why they're saying, sit the T low and try and create loft with your barrel, which is just... That's why. So it's more for me that mindset of stay within yourself. What did you do last year that gave you so much success and kept you the even kill guy that you were last year all year? Try and get back to that and just understand that I know people hate to say this and hate to hear it. It's a round thing that you're trying to hit a round thing with. Sometimes that's not the easiest thing consistently to do. I'll also that's say this. I'll, I, I don't think, first of all, they didn't move Vladdy around when the team was really scuffling. Remember they, 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 the whole notion no. of Vladdy hitting second, everything we talked about in spring training, that didn't happen. They're, just, they're, they're, they're not going to do it. Vladdy's going to hit third for this team, and, and, and that's, I'd be the guy that's to the ask, way it is. I'd be the guy to ask, if, you, if, if Vladdy doesn't get somewhat a little bit hotter than he is now, if you move him and, and kill every little bit of confidence that he has by putting him in the five hole or the six hole or wherever you want to put it, you think they're winning the World Series? No. I. The I, goal I, here is to consistently try and win, keep yourself in it, and hopefully he gets smoking hot and he's just running into the playoffs and then the big boy can help you go where you want to go. This is the goal. And you got to be careful here with losing faith in what you think is your best hitter. That's just my thoughts. No, listen, I I think the guy the guy gives you gives you really good defense every day. I'm I, you just have to trust him. You you really do. You, you just you have to look at the body of work. Admittedly, he's his career is still in its early stages, and maybe this is kind of reminding us that. But man, you got to trust. You, you, I I just think you have to trust the guy, and frankly, I think he deserve. I think he deserves it's the all, fans' trust. It's only it's only I got really one do. way to go. He's hitting somewhere right around two hundred off of breaking balls. You can't figure that's going low. That's not got anywhere but to go mm. but up. That would be if the he, floor. If he would some way figure out how to lay off it, because most of the time he's chasing that. It's not a strike. And f- further to that point, it's not his strike. The ball that he wants. He wants it a little elevated to where he can have the level swing and finish the way he wants to finish with a balanced lower half. And that down and away because he's chasing it and he knows that's how they're trying to get him out. You figure that's got to go up, right? If that goes up a little, say 30 points, what's that going to do to his numbers? And then now all of a sudden you're talking about him running into the playoffs instead yeah. of just falling into him. So that for me is the is the goal here is – you just don't want to – he's still hitting 250 with 1434 and an OPS of over 850, somewhere right around 815. And he's, as I said, he's playing every day. And, yeah, I uh, I just have – I Vladdy doesn't worry me in the slightest. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. If he has a down year and the team somehow still manages to win, which I know it's going to be difficult, but if that happens – I mean, you just can't. I, I think you have to really reel things in with Vladdy. And, and as I said, the organization's made it abundantly clear how they are going to approach this. Yeah, so Jose there, Ramirez no to hit third. Yeah. It, then you then you could say, okay, mm, Vladdy's doing this. Maybe correct. you move him down. You know, you'd rather Jose coming up in those situations with runners on base late yes. in games than Vladdy, and that's how you'd sell it. Who would you hit third? Kirk. Okay, Aaron McDonald. <laughs> oh, Aaron McDonald's thinking ahead. But this is 
based on our conversation about Cavan Biggio. How would Cavan be utilized in a playoff series? Does he start any games, especially if the Jays carry three catchers? That's from Aaron McDonald. Mm. Um, I, it, this is why I think the stuff around Cavan Biggio is, is so important and is going to be important for this team going forward, Kevin, because we know two years ago they tried to sign Michael Brantley. We know about the Jose Ramirez thing. We know that that Ross Atkins has talked about wanting the platoon advantage a little more in leverage situations late in games. If if Kevin Biggio could figure it out. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't still want to go out and add an impact left-handed bat, but if he could figure it out... He can be a he can be a really useful guy. This is easy for me in a series. It's not going to be a popular answer, but for me, the Kevin that you see right now is not on my playoff roster. He's not in your playoff roster. He's not. You has to hit more. His, his benefit now is to give everyday guys a breather, some way or the other. And you're not going to whether do it, it okay, you're not going to do that in the playoffs. You're getting your best lineup in the playoffs. That's fair. If I have to put him on a playoff roster, that means somebody that matters is hurt. That's fair. Because you're getting the best of the best when it comes to pitchers. And those pitchers can attack weaknesses. And that's why when I look at this team right now, I, I think you know, we talk about the bullpen needs work. I also think there's still some work to be done with the lineup here because Tapia, Zimmer, Biggio, I don't think I can have all three of those guys on a playoff roster. This- Tapia gives me a bunch of stuff nobody else gives me. Um, we are, and again, we already know why Zimmer is up here. If Tapia was a better defensive center fielder, Zimmer wouldn't. Be Those here. guys are pinch running late in games. They're not playing in on during games exactly in the playoffs unless you have to play them exactly. They need a, a legit left-handed bat for me, Bo, Bo Brisky. <laughs> I keep going no, back to that. that. I keep going back right. to that guy's they need, name. They need a thumper. Five, five and two thirds with two pitches. They need. They they need a who what when like who, five and two thirds with two pitches. Yeah. To a really good right-handed lineup. Why was that? Because he somewhat located the heater and he could go down and away with a slider. You don't think that playoff teams will do that against the Blue Jays? They need a, I'm with you, they need a left-hand bat that you can stick in the middle of the lineup and play the outfield. That could get a bow to flip a breaking ball or throw a changeup. That allows that guy to, or makes that guy, change something. Mechanics, rhythm, timing, Shaking, but again, you've got to look else. at. You've, there's only really one place that guy could play, and that would probably be in left field or DH, because he's not taking the catcher's spot, he's not taking Chapman's spot, he's not taking Espinal's spot. The big guys at 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 first base, he's not taking Springer's spot. Teoscar, he's not taking. So to me, you are looking for a an impactful middle of the order left-handed bat who can play left field or DH. That, to me, is what you're looking at. And and you are right about, I think there might be a spot for Biggio on the postseason roster, depending on what else, you know, depending on health and everything. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, he, he, I don't think, he doesn't answer the question about needing that impactful left-handed bat. Top playoff roster. Between the two, you're picking, which one you taking? Me, I'm picking top, yeah. Me too. I'm like there's, there's, there's room for there that you would go, eh, 
You know, he benefits my team during a regular season because he can play multiple positions, and he's not going to hurt your team. That's the whole goal here is you got to make the playoffs. Yeah. He's one of those guys that can help you and do I will that. Say this a lunch pail guy. I will say this, too. As this roster gets built, the Jays will be in a position where I think you can pick and choose based on your opponents. In other words, there may be an opponent where it makes more sense to carry Cavan Biggio than somebody else. Maybe. There just may be. Uh, and that's, you know, that's when you get to the playoffs, you are faced, you are faced with those issues, but I'll tell you what, it would certainly be nice. And I can guarantee you the Jays would love to have to spend time talking about that in the playoffs. They'd love to have an argument about, do we need Cavan on the playoff roster? Mm-hmm. Cause that would mean he's hitting. That would mean he's continuing to play decent defense. Great answer, buddy. They would love to have that, that option, but I'm with you right now. Playoffs start today. I still got to have. It's Toppy. a great question. I got to have Toppy. Yeah, it is. Again, All those are great questions. It is, but I've got to have Toppy in the playoff roster. I don't know why people are so down on Toppy. He is what he is, man. Yeah, I, it's an easy target. I guess. I guess. Almost as easy as Bradley Zimmer. That's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from ten to noon Eastern on five ninety three sixty. Mr. Barker and myself will have Blue Jays talk tonight immediately following the first of four games between the Jays and the Orioles. Have yourself a great afternoon. Enjoy the baseball. We'll chat tomorrow.